1: to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 219. We're going to be talking to a very delightful friend, Sharon Jameson, today, but before we do that... I want to thank Home Instead Senior Care. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted, senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And we're so grateful to them for all they do to help make Fireside Talk Radio possible. And today I have this wonderful guest on. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi there, Kathy. I'm so excited to be here with you. So
2: thank you so much for this opportunity.
1: Well, I knew it was going to be a high energy show. So if you're if you're tuning in because you're already afraid of, a fan of Sharon, then I won't I won't go into too much detail. But for my friends who are going to get introduced to her today, I just want to say. First of all, I'm going to spell her name for all of us. A S H A R, capital R O N. That's all one word. Sharon Jameson dot com is where you're going to find her. If you type in "Dare to soar," you'll find it faster, and you'll, uh, you're going to want that information. You're going to find out why I am so excited about the show today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of crazy stuff, but for the first, for this first half hour, she's going to talk to us about her story. And I can't wait to talk to you about it, Sharon, because you are what I call a friend maker. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so important. Relationships are so important to me.
2: And um, and it, it took years to learn how to be a friend. So I'm excited about our conversation today.
1: Well, I can't wait, because even though we've we've got this connection through Dynamic Women, another podcast series that Sharon and I have both been so fortunate to be invited to be included in those conversations, and those are hosted on TogiNet. So if you are interested in hearing a really wide range of perspectives from very vocal women who are not afraid to share their opinions, you might want to check out Dynamic Women. But that's how you and I became connected, and I knew instantly that we were going to be friends. And then I got one of your I'm on your blog. I get your blog. I love what you're doing there i love I love the video stuff that you're providing and I've enjoyed every conversation we've ever had and so I was really eager to talk to you but but I want to hear today how you became the woman you are. Tell me a little bit about your story sure, sure first, thanks so much for.
2: Reading uh, my blog, that makes my heart sing. Um, it's always good to know that people value your work. So thank you
1: yeah. so much. And, well. <laughs> and, you, and you also do video blogs. So if people are interested in knowing more about relationship building, they can check out your stuff and they don't even have to read. They can just listen to it while they're, because some of your stuff's audio and some of it's video. Yeah. But you do a terrific job. Well, thank you so
2: much for that.
1: You know, my, my background is really interesting.
2: Uh, I am a pre uh, what I call a PK, a preacher's kid. Um, I grew up, my father was a United Methodist minister. Um, so we moved around a lot. And that really made me understand the importance of having a bond because I didn't have a bond a lot. We kept uh-huh. here and there. And it made me yearn for being... Included, yearn for being part of um, of just part of the group, but also I started school, Kathy, when integration was still new um, in Missouri, and even though integration might have been the law of the land, it was not always the love of the people, and so me mm. one of the only black kids, and I remember what it felt like to be left out, to be excluded. Wow. I remember what it felt like to be uh, rejected. I also remember what it felt like to be bullied Um, because in my, when I was in kindergarten, my teacher uh, said I was uh, moved too fast and she thought I was going to attack her. I'm five years old. She thought I was (sighs) going to, she hit me in the head with a chair. So by, uh, yeah. So in second grade um, I had um, kids jump on me in in the playground and gave me a concussion so it let me know that I was different. It let me know, made me feel alone. It, but it also made me know how life felt when you were by yourself. And I never wanted to feel that way again. And I never wanted to have another person feel that way again. But what I also learned is that I started making friends the wrong way. I was so needy. And I was. So- mm-hmm that I started selling parts of my soul and giving myself away for anybody who gave affirmation and attention. So I had that pain of self-betrayal. And uh, so it took a while to get over bullying as a child because I started to bully myself as an adult and to understand that I was worthy and worth it. And as I healed, it was a long process. I probably didn't heal everything until my mid-30s. I I told myself I wanted to be part of the solution to give people skills so that they can engage with diversity and also give people an opportunity to learn about each other because it's hard to hate people that you really know up close. That was my work, and uh, I do that work in a variety of ways. I do it as a minister myself because I am a minister. I do it in corporate America because I'm a corporate leader. I do it in my coaching practice. I try to do it in my writing. So I'm really, really committed to helping people learn how to
1: disagree without disconnecting from each other because we need each other. We need but- each deeply. And that's definitely a point of connection for us because, you know, that's so much of what I do is about companionship and about communicating and finding ways to tell the truth and speak assertively without without injuring the people around you. And that is not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of compassion. I think it's interesting, Sharon, you mentioned Missouri. One of the people that I've interviewed is actually from St. Charles, Missouri. Tina Meyer came on and, and she did a fabulous show on bullying in school. And it came out of the story of her own daughter who committed suicide as a result. Now she would not say as a result of, of bullying, but those things are deeply connected. And, and so they had they, the Tina, uh, They have a foundation, Tina Meyer, and you can find that online. It's M-E-I-E-R, and their foundation helps people understand how to have those conversations and how to stand up against bullying. It's a serious problem, so I'm glad you mentioned that, and and I'm really sorry you had to experience that as a child. You know what? Thank you so much for that, and I definitely want to look up her
2: uh, on the the website. What's really interesting is that as as an adult, I see that my life was the perfect training ground for me to do the work that I do today. Because, Isn't that great? Yes. Because I never was part of the in crowd and because I, was, I was always existed on the margins, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it helped me learn how to be my own best friend. That's one thing. Wow. It also helped me know... Broken people break people in a very uh, in a variety of ways, and it it made me want to develop some skills to engage with myself better, but also to share those skills because I think people bully when they feel inadequate and insecure. You know, it's it's almost like a generational curse because it is it is a generational curse. It actually changes yeah. your
1: your brain.
2: Oh, absolutely, I, I I believe that, and I know in my case. Um, when you don't have skills to do that i reverted to food and i and for years i had a bad relationship with food and uh, so all that healing lets me know that if we can develop relationships with people to to let people feel loved we can love people to healing we really can and i believe that when when people feel that they can be vulnerable when they can be honest and like you said even if they don't know how to say something they can feel confident and courageous enough to say it even if they have to say it in a very messy way.
1: And then just have enough compassion in your heart to to regroup say what you need to but then have compassion so that it it is transferred from your heart to the people around you. And one of the things you do so well and we're going to talk about that in another podcast I want to I'm the second half hour today. We're going to be talking about your GPS relationship. Uh, (laughs) I love that the relationship GPS. And so I don't want to give that away. But if you're listening to this as a podcast, I want you to be aware. Sharon is doing a whole nother podcast with me on relationship building and her relationship GPS and how to handle mean girls and some of the (laughs) mythology our mothers gave us. We we have so much to talk about. I'm really excited about what she's going to be sharing on that podcast as well, the second half hour. So, but in the meantime, I want to come back to your story. So it's interesting to me because I'm, one of my big things in East Texas is self-segregation. We're still fighting that battle, and yet, um, my, I just have to confess this, in my stereotypical way, I don't think of it the Methodist church in our childhood as being very open to African-American ministers. So your dad is at, was actually, he was actually groundbreaking in, in himself, I think, unless I'm wrong about that. No, I think you're right. My father was very much um, a social justice
2: advocate. And, um, and I, and I, and I think that we all struggle, but what I know that is that it's fear-based and I think yeah. it's easier to not like people that you don't know. It's easy to villainize and dehumanize people that you don't have contact with. But when you really start seeing a person as a human being, it allows you to connect with them on a very, very, um, what well, integral level. And I think that's really, really key.
1: Well, I'm going to uh we've got about a minute, Sharon. And so when we come back, I want to talk to you some more about how you got this mindset. I mean, that is a huge jump from the little girl who was bullied and even beat up to this amazing, dynamic, strong, encouraging, courageous, and warm person that you are today. Not only that, but just so intellectually brilliant. So stay with us. We have got more to talk about when we come back. We're going to be talking with all kinds of fun relationship things with Sharon. So hang in there and stay with us for the next round.
0: We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return.
1: You all to see my blue light, Sally. She lives way down
0: on Shinbone Alley. The number on the gate is the number on the door. in the next house over is a store.
1: Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F is in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here.
0: My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help.
1: My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again.
0: I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Texas. Yeah. we want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at fireside talk radio where we talk openly about the things women store and, and ponder now, in their hearts where truth bio, and texas twang meet on and catfish and good gumbo
1: welcome back we're talking with sharon jameson just one of my favorite people in the universe and i'm so happy that This is one of the blessings God has done for me by being brave enough to try some new new things in my life. I've been fortunate to be connected then with all these great women. And one of them is you, Sharon. I'm just so happy the Lord let our paths cross. You're such a great woman of faith and very encouraging to me personally. I just love talking to you every time. So one of my questions for you is you... You know, you mentioned feeling isolated as a young person, and and I had a, a very different background. I mean, from all aspects of my life, you would think I would have been one of the kids that felt most accepted and loved, one of the one of the popular kids, and yet I always felt somewhat isolated. And I think there's some reasons for that. I wonder if, in my older years, I've I've wondered if everybody doesn't feel that way. That Satan just comes against all of us in whatever ways he can find to make us feel vulnerable and isolated. Oh gosh.
2: I think you are so right. Uh, in my coaching practice, I always hear people say that they either felt unseen, unknown
1: or unheard. And and I think we all feel that way. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think like I have this theory that the things that made me dorky as a little kid make me lovable now. At least that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's my theory. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say that's true so that I'll have some comfort in that. But, you know, our unique quirky things about us are really what turn out to be very lovable, or at least I find that to be true of other people. And I agree with you. Yes, I
2: agree. I think our, our differences, our quirkiness, I always say that we are wired to win. And ah. we're wired to win if we just embrace all of those things that the world tells us not to embrace.
1: I love that. That is so true. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, well, and I think that God made us to be this way. And so one of the ways I help myself now is to tell myself that our God-sized gifts never belong behind man-made gates. And to me, gates are labels and stereotypes and norms, are what's considered pretty, what's considered not all these standards, these societal standards So, I always know that you and I were not made to fit because we were one of a kind anyway. And it helped me understand that we are so unique that people have never seen us, somebody like us. So, of course, you have to point fingers and say, gosh, she's weird. What else are they going to tell us? They have. We're so different. You everybody's so different. You never seen someone like that before. So it makes me understand that what people are seeing when they say that I'm weird or crazy or quirky, that they, they have never seen such a wonderful masterpiece. And
1: <laughs> <better>. <laughs> it makes me really love feel that. better. I love that, I, I, and that is so typical of the things you you do and speak and share. Now, you are a sought-after speaker, and you're stationed out of, am I right if I say Atlanta? Is that no, correct? No, yes. Yes, okay, you're good. right. I live in the, uh, the suburbs of Atlanta, yes. I, w- I want to make sure people know that in case they're in your neighborhood, because you speak a lot all over the United States and beyond, but when you're home, I just know your heart. I bet you're speaking all the time to any anybody that invites you. Yes. You know, and I'm also one of the uh, assistant
2: pastors at our church. It's called Victory for the World. It's out of Stone Mountain. And um, I just think that that's inspired that way. you know, And, I, and it, it, it's so funny. My father reminds me when I was a little girl, I used to take a brush um, and act like I was speaking.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's so funny. But it made me know that our gifts show up very, very quickly.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: the one to identify our gifts. We can cultivate them. But what happens so many times is that there's nobody to bear witness to our gifts. And so we don't. So, you know, it's nobody to say what we're good at. And so we spend the rest of our lives trying to find out. But, But the signs are always there if our parents pay attention. And that's why one of the things I tell my friends and tell myself, when you were young, what were you good at? And because the signs are there, we came, we came wired. We came wired to this world to, to win and to make a contribution. But we forget or we allow society to, to make us nullify the very things that God gave us. And so I think that is so critical for all women to, to go back and rem- remember when you felt
1: that spark. I want to hear that from you because I just know women are going to hear what you say about relationships in this other broadcast, the other podcast we're going to do today, the second half. And I think they're going to come back and want to know more about your story. So tell me a story from your childhood when you went from feeling isolated and unique in a bad way to suddenly understanding God had a bigger purpose for your life. Oh, yes. I have to. I I can't say it was a suddenly. It was a long, painful
2: journey. Yeah. And in the, in the journey, what happens when you are de- dehumanized, uh. ostracized? You start hating yourself too, mm. and that's so critical that, and so important that we should never hang around people who don't like us. Because after a while, we start liking <laughs> ourselves, and so I was taught to not like myself, and so it was really painful. So journey. Um, like myself, took years, it took lots of therapy, lots of prayer, mm-hmm. and I had to reframe the the lessons that I learned, because I learned that I was ugly, and that I was stupid, mm. and dumb, and, and that I would never amount to anything, and those messages were also reinforced by teachers, because I always knew I wanted to write. It, oh. Teacher would say, "Little black girls don't write," even though I knew that they did because I remember seeing Dr. the late Dr. Maya Angelou. So, so getting over what I call spiritual um, hatred, uh, a lot of uh, systemic and political hatred, societal hatred was a long journey, and I struggled. Trying to learn to love myself because I didn't see pictures that looked like me. I didn't see anybody in the media who looked like me. I didn't see anybody doing what I wanted to do. I didn't see a lot of women and women of color excelling in the world. So, what do you tell someone a dream when you you don't have any uh, understanding of
1: what dreams could be? And so I, I think I'm yeah. I, mean, I, I' just i just slipped on your book page on your website which is sharon s h a r r o n jameson dot com to soar and there's eight books that immediately pop up i mean that's yeah. just that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you're doing but congratulations for seeing that as the lie and proving that to be the lie and not yeah the truth. thank you and you know what that and that is so important too
2: for all women i think that we we have to be able to challenge tradition with the truth, yes, it's a challenge we we won't challenge the tradition because we act as the tradition is sacred. I believe that we should challenge everything. I even challenge how I learned about God. I challenge what I was taught by about faith, uh, for example, um I was taught that God was a man, and I don't believe that I believe God is God is so God that God defies gender so i I believe that we can challenge everything and 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 none of our little bitty questions are not are, are too big people people think that they can't challenge what we've been taught. but if we don't challenge it we live by default and we will live by defeat versus what a- in the way that's critical um because i think that when god says love god with our mind and our hearts we have mm-hmm. to the questions because god is still speaking And I think that's critical for people to understand. You can challenge everything, and it's not blasphemous to challenge to ask God a question because I was taught that, oh, you don't question God. But I had to say, well, God, as a little black girl, do you run out of blessings? Is that why I'm so poor? That's why people hate me. Mm. Because I thought it was a hierarchy. God blessed the white men, then the white women, then the white kids, then the black. A man and a black woman, and then the black the black little boys and the black little girls. So I thought my life was so hard because God ran out of blessings when it got down to me, and that's wow. a very destructive way to think. But however, if I'd never challenged that hierarchical understanding of of being blessed by God, what would I think of myself? And so I have to challenge everything, every every narrative, every story, stories that we've been taught, stories that we that we caught along the way and challenge those. Cause if not, you won't have the power and the, the data to deliver you because data will deliver you. And the data that I had to understand that I was the image of God also.
1: Yes. You know, what's interesting. I did a study one time on the word traditions in scripture, just mm-hmm. throughout the new, old and new Testament. And I was amazed. i, I I'm sure. Maybe I missed one, but I could not find one single place in scripture where tradition was considered a positive thing. <laughs> in, in every context, it was negative. I'm not kidding. Well, not always negative, but it was never, it was either neutral or negative. And it was often a warning against traditions of men, which when you think about it it makes perfect sense. Cause we're so, we do not think like God at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I think those traditions are so important.
2: And I think, I think the traditions are important for us to challenge, not to follow them. Um, because you, anything, anytime you put a box around something, you already limited and to yeah. want to have a life that God is so big that my possibility is big. You can't dream with boundaries. And so I understand that the, the is God and the fullness thereof. And I believe the fullness thereof means that we use our gifts in every setting, at every place, mm-hmm. and we be an example everywhere we go. Because to me, discipleship is is not what you do in church, it's is how you live. And so I'm really excited about my I'm glad that I had to to learn what God meant. But I however is when I learned that God loved me, it allowed me to bloom and get outside of those those messages that I was nothing. Well,
1: I love it that you've t- taken up this topic of self-bullying. And we're definitely going to talk about that in the next half hour when we do a podcast about relationship building and the relationship GPS. I want to thank you and just praise God for the way he took your childhood and those challenges and made you into this godly, strong, dynamic, creative, brilliant, sparkling woman that you are today. So I am honoring God and honoring you in this moment and really grateful to have you on the show, Sharon. Thank you for sharing your story here. Thank you so
2: much for the opportunity. And I, I am so grateful that you have this forum for women to share
1: It's so needed. And so I honor you and I Thank you. Fire. Well, thank you. It is a privilege to just hear people's stories and then get them out there where they can reach more people. And that's a blessing. I'm really grateful for that and so grateful that you came on today to help me do that. I just know people are going to be blessed because of your story. And I can't wait for them to find your two podcasts on Fireside Talk Radio and com. K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward,
0: where we, ta- we
1: talk truth with the Texas twang.
0: Now. Thank you for joining us today, where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh,